You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs. It is Wednesday, January 6th. I'm recording this uh, late Tuesday night. Was waiting for this basketball game to go final, and it has. Kansas defeats TCU 93-64. to It was not a close game aside from, uh, you know, the first 10, 12 minutes. TCU took a lead at one point in the first five minutes of the game, uh, made a couple runs to cut the lead to six, cut the lead to four. But by halftime, things started to get out of hand. They trailed uh, by 14 points at the break, 49-35, to and then just got worked over. In the second half, um, I, I mean, listen, like you're playing the Jayhawks. They're number six in the nation. They're coming off an embarrassing loss to Texas. I can't say that I'm shocked by this result, but I'm pretty disappointed simply because uh, Marcus Garrett was out, and he's their best player. Like he is maybe the best on-the-ball defender in the nation. Uh, Davion Mitchell, also in the Big 12 down at Baylor, would have something to say about that. He's also the steadying presence for this Kansas team, um, bringing the ball up as their point guard, and it didn't matter. Kansas only had five turnovers tonight, and they just destroyed TCU offensively. Uh, Shot 57% from the field, 42% from three. So, yeah, Kansas had a blistering night shooting, and and part of the reason they scored so much is because they shot the ball well, but there also just weren't a ton of contested looks tonight. I mean, if we're being honest – it was a bad defensive game from TCU. And we've seen this now. Uh, it seems like against elite-level competition, this team just struggles to have the length and athleticism to stay with, with teams, especially when they're playing man. We saw this happening against Providence where they got off to a big start. They were hitting everything. They were getting way too many easy looks, and eventually Jamie Dixon went to a zone. They did that again tonight, and it worked for a few minutes, but then Kansas was able to get into that zone, use dribble penetration to uh, to make things happen. There were way too many easy buckets in transition. TCU just wasn't stopping the ball. Um, Mike Miles had a bad night. He didn't score any points. Um, he was 0 of 8 from the field. They did a really nice job guarding him, Kansas, that is. And I felt like when he did get opportunities, he was forcing up some deep threes. Um, And, I mean, they were open looks. Like, I'm not going to criticize Mike Miles too much for it, but I just think there has to be an awareness level of, I'm not shooting the ball well tonight. I got to get to the rim, or I need to pass up this shot for a better shot. And I thought he started to press a little bit as the game went on. Um, just just an unfortunate night all around. They they did get the ball to Kevin Samuel a little more than normal, which uh, was a welcome sight. Got him involved in some alley-oops. He only finished with eight points on the day, but it, it seemed like they made sort of a concerted effort to get him the ball now and then. He was four or five from the field, and again, that's just sort of, you know, <laughs> who he's been this year is is someone who's, who's not going to get nearly enough touches uh, made the most of it when he did on some pick-and-roll opportunities. Chuck O'Bannon Jr. had a big night. Um, he's back in the lineup. He was off the bench tonight, and he led all scores with 18 points. He shot the ball well, but it was sort of all for naught as TCU just could not hang with Kansas. And, again, you know, losing to Kansas, uh, not a huge deal. It's not, like, breaking news. But not being competitive when they're missing their best player, one of their leaders um, on the roster, that's that's concerning to me because this schedule's not getting any easier. 
Seven of their next eight games are against ranked teams. And, and the only team that's not ranked is Oklahoma, and Oklahoma beat them earlier this year. They're 2-2 two and two in conference play. Uh, the bad news is Saturday, Baylor comes to town in Fort Worth. They're going to face TCU on Saturday afternoon. Baylor's better than Kansas. Um, I mean, I, I firmly believe that at this point. Now, those two teams haven't played, and I don't know how it's going to play out when they do match up the two times, once I'm in Waco, once I'm in Lawrence. But Baylor's really deep. They have uh, a number of players that can score. Jared Butler, Macy Oteague, Davion Mitchell. they got a couple big guys that can make things happen. Going to the rim, uh, Adam Flagler is a transfer from Presbyterian. He's been fantastic. They're a better team than KU. Uh, so you're going to have to bounce back in a hurry and play a better game. But TCU coming off that win off Kansas State, they uh, they just get throttled by KU tonight, 93-64. to um, And, again, that's a really tough stretch. Saturday you play Baylor, then Tuesday you play Oklahoma on the road. Uh, then you get West Virginia on the road, Tech at home, Texas, and, and Kansas again. This is not for the faint of heart. This is going to be one of the more difficult stretches in the Jamie Dixon era. You're going to have to find a way to steal some of these games, and they just couldn't do it this evening when they faced off against uh, against the Jayhawks. Now, um, O'Bannon playing well. I mean, that's a welcome sight. He was 6-9 from the field, 4-6 from three. Some of that scoring happened in garbage time, but a lot of it was in the first half. Uh, and he was hitting shots. He was hitting threes. And that's great news. But, you know, and I don't think TCU played terribly on offense today. I mean, they were 8-19 from three. They were 24-56 on the night, 42% shooting. You'd like to shoot a little bit better than that, but you can win shooting the ball like that. You just have to get stops, and they could not get stops. And to me, that's the thing that is uh, is most troubling when they play elite teams elite competition, or even good teams. I mean, when, when they faced, you know, sort of NCAA tournament-level teams this year, they really struggled to defend. The one exception was Oklahoma State. And I don't really think they defended great against Oklahoma State, but they were able to score enough points on the road to win. Uh, Oklahoma State, if, if you're looking at bracketology already, which if you are, you know, uh, you're sort of a certified sicko because it's a little early to be doing that. But uh, I saw today just – Watching on the ESPN broadcast, they were saying that Oklahoma State is currently, you know, the last team in or the last team out. They're sort of sitting there on the bubble. Uh, they beat K-State. K-State, I don't think, is going to be a factor in the Big 12 race. So you're 2-2, two and two, and you got a really good Baylor team coming to town on Saturday. You need to bounce back. You need to at least be more competitive. I think that's got to be the key on Saturday. Can you fight a little bit more? Can you be more competitive? TCU also got destroyed on the glass tonight. Um, Kansas just absolutely dominated them getting rebounds, so that that's not a good sign. KU had 41 rebounds. TCU had 21. Uh, that That's that's testing your manhood right there. That's taking it to you um, in a game where, where you're trying to protect your home floor. Not a great effort tonight from the Frogs. I knew it was going to be a tough game with Kansas coming off that loss. Just was hoping that they'd be a little more competitive, but that's not the case. Coming up next, we'll continue to talk a little bit about the TCU quarterback situation. It's a conversation we've had the last few days. We'll do that coming up on Locked on Horn Frogs. But before we get into that, I want to tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the most delicious protein bar ever. It's the most delicious protein bar on the market. They have a, a couple classic, you know, delicious flavors like German chocolate and peanut butter. They also have some more unique ones like uh, lemon almond cheesecake um, and, and the like cookies and cream. Cookies and cream is one I really enjoy, and it's it's good fuel for your body. Only 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of fat, 
Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. Get 20% off your next order or your first order. If you want to try it out, go to BuiltBar.com. Use that promo code LOCKEDON. 20% off. Again, that's BuiltBar.com. Locked on Horn Frog, segment number two. I'm Stephen Simcox here with you. Appreciate you joining me today. I wanted to talk a little bit about the quarterback competition, and I have some audio for you. This is a lengthy answer, but I think it's really good, and I want you to hear it. Today on one of the radio shows I work on, we had David Lee on the program, and David is a longtime NFL and college coach, uh, has been an offensive coordinator both at the professional and college level, and he's now sort of an analyst for the Miami Dolphins, and his main job is he's part of their scouting department and scouting college players, and he specifically scouts quarterbacks. So because of his job title and role, we couldn't ask him specifically about this year's crop of quarterbacks in the draft. But I asked David, what are some things, some attributes that he looks for when he turns on the film uh, and evaluates a quarterback? And here's what he shared with us. And I want to I want to have you listen to this, and then I want to circle back and bring it back to TCU's quarterback competition and why I think it's relevant to that discussion. But here's David Lee on what he looks for when he starts evaluating QBs. Well, Stephen, that, that's a really good question. And, and I think it starts, and I know it starts, and, of course, this is from straight from Coach Bill Parcells and Dan Henning. Uh, and the number one thing is accuracy, Stephen. If he can't hit what he's aiming at, there these other five things I'm going to give you don't really matter. But to me, accuracy, because of Coach Parcells' influence, Dan Henning, and then boom, all of a sudden I'm in the league and I'm coaching these guys, man, they got to be accurate. And accuracy is a whole bunch in your brain. Everybody can't play this quarterback position. It is the very hardest thing in all the sports. It isn't like soccer. We're going to chase a soccer ball and try to kick it through. And it's not hockey. You know, basketball, we're sticking through the hoops and play. Quarterback is, is enormous. I mean, I just got the crud knocked out. I mean, I got grass hanging out in my helmet. I can't see out of one eye. And I got to get up and get the play, get the team in the huddle get the play set, go to the line of scrimmage, make sure I ID the Mike linebacker. I got to check my 25-second clock. All of a sudden, they're going to make me do something here. I've got to re-ID the Mike to pick up a protection, a will free safety blitz. And my clock says seven seconds, six, five, and it's got to happen. Or they say delay a game, penalty on number 12, the quarterback. It's hard to do. But if you can't hit what you're aiming at and be accurate, the rest of this stuff doesn't matter. And, and I'm getting into does he have it when I talk about a guy that can do all these things. But the second one is decision-making. He's making poor decisions and forcing the ball. He's going to throw interceptions. The game is about field position. I mean, the closer you are and you get the football to the goal line, the higher your chances are to score touchdowns. The further away, the less percentage. So decision-making and taking care of that football is second. The third thing is can he play under pressure? This National Football League is all about pressure. I mean, from third down to red zone to fourth quarter to overtimes, it's about performing under pressure. I've had guys, and I'm certainly not going to name any of them, but they're not in the league now because they couldn't play under pressure. Had guys that couldn't hit what they were aiming at. They're not in the league. Had guys make poor decisions. You know, some guys, they look up and it's cover two, and, and the ball gets snapped and it changes completely, and it's a single high safety. There's not two safeties. And my thought process has got to change. Can I now make good decisions and clean decisions? I have guys that couldn't do that. It's so hard to play this position. The fourth thing would be toughness. If he isn't tough, Stephen, he can't play quarterback. He needs to be the toughest sucker on that offensive football team. The next one would be leadership, okay? And, boy, that's just something that it's so hard to coach, and you just hope that kid's got it, man. You just hope he can lead. He's the one that's, you know, on Friday night and the game's over and the guys want to go have a bunch of beers at a place and things are getting rowdy. He gets them all home. 
you know, and he talks, trouble's coming up. Let's go, fellas. We're out of here. That guy, that's your quarterback. And uh, the last one's escapability. This day and time right now, Stephen, they have got to be able to extend the play. There's the defensive ends over there. Those suckers are in the NFL. We're talking. They're 280. They're 285, but they run 4-6. They can run, and those tackles are the best. Boy, he's a first-round draft, but he runs 5-1. And the other one, he's the best ever played, and he runs 5-flat. But those ends are so much faster. These quarterbacks have got to have the ability to escape and extend the play and throw on the run or make a decision to take off and run, get all they can, get down. Unless it's a third down situation, then you got to sometimes drop your shoulder and you got to try to run over a linebacker and go get the first down. So those would be the six, Stephen. But the number one to me thing is, is hey, can he hit what he's aiming at? And then the whole thing with these interviews and the combine process, that's all about trying to find out, has he got it? Has he got that it factor? That's the hardest thing in the world to find when you're drafting because you don't really know until you got them on your campus. So lengthy answer there, but he hits on something at the beginning of this, and he goes through a lot of different he goes through a lot of different uh, intangibles and qualities that he likes in QBs. If you're someone though who is wondering, you know Chandler Morris is coming into this quarterback room, and he uh, it appears he's going to compete with Max Duggan for the starting job. And if you think to yourself, why are we taking on another quarterback when Max Duggan is essentially a two-year starter? I mean, he is a a full two-year starter. And he did a really nice job this year for the most part. They went five and four in conference play. Um, Why would you bring in another player? And I think something that uh, David Lee hits on in that answer and really focuses on at the beginning of that answer is a big reason why. The first thing that he looks for when he evaluates quarterbacks is accuracy. Max Duggan, over his first couple years as a QB, has not been extremely accurate. In his freshman season, he completed 53% of his passes. This season, he completed 60% of his passes. So he got better, but it wasn't the jump that you would necessarily like to see. And I think Max is a good QB. Uh... He's special with what he can do with his legs. Uh, I think he has that it factor. I think he's a good leader by all accounts. Um, He rallies the guys. They respond to him well. I think they get energy from when he lowers his shoulder and tries to run somebody over. But the accuracy thing is there. And is part of it that it seems like at times his coaching staff doesn't really understand what he does well and makes him throw a lot of deep balls when over the past couple of years we've sort of seen that might not be his strength. Sure it is. That's part of it. And hopefully if he starts in year two of the Doug Meacham era and Jerry Kill era, they'll have a better understanding of what he does and what you can do with him to maximize his talent. But that problem is still there, and I think it's been there – really from the moment he stepped on campus. So, along with the fact that Chandler Morris is a really talented quarterback, I think there's an opportunity here because Max just leaves some plays on the field. The West Virginia game comes to mind. And listen, it's unfair. I'm not going to boil somebody's whole season down to one play. But when you run an offense, and this is not all his fault, but when you run an offense – 
that doesn't take a lot of chances, when you miss throws and miss opportunities, it can loom large. So I think that's part of the reason why Chandler Morris is going to get a chance in this quarterback competition and why he might surpass Max Duggan as a starting QB. When we come back, we'll discuss uh, some news on the transfer front from TCU football. We'll also look at uh, the TCU women's basketball team and where they're headed next. We'll discuss all that coming up on Locked on Horn Frogs. Before we do that, though, um, if you love college football, the NFL, NBA, if, if you're a sports person, you need to get on betonline.ag. Betonline.ag. They are your online sports books experts. They have lines for all the different events. They have great expert advice. And they also have the top headlines as well. And if you're sitting there saying, I, I don't want to get involved in gambling, I don't want to give this a chance, listen to this. If you go to betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON, you can get a 50% welcome bonus. So just see what they'll give you. See what they'll give you for that welcome bonus, and then see if maybe you want to wager a little bit. Use betonline.ag. Again, your online sportsbook experts, and use that promo code LOCKEDON. That's betonline.ag. We're back here on Locked On Horn Frogs. Stephen Simcox, your host, here with you. Appreciate you joining me today. I uh, wanted to let you know, don't forget, you can always subscribe um, to this podcast. And what happens when you subscribe is you get a chance to have the pod to, to downloaded directly to your phone. So it's there with you whenever you want it, whenever you need it, whenever you want to listen to it. You can listen to it on your morning commute, on your way to work, uh, on your way to the gym, after work in the afternoons. Whenever and wherever you can tune into Locked on Horn Frogs. Uh, and I want to also encourage you, if you miss Monday or Tuesday's show, to go back and, and take a listen to it. Monday, I talked with Matt Jennings about the Chandler Morris news. And yesterday, talked some basketball, gave a Pro Frogs report. So check out uh, earlier in this week, check out those episodes as well. You know, I try to keep them relatively short, about 25 to 30 minutes. So you can listen to multiple <clears throat> episodes in one day. And if you miss a day, it's not overwhelming to try to catch up on uh, the news from the previous days earlier in the week. Locked on Horn Frogs, Stephen Simcox here with you. Let's talk some uh, some more TCU football. This news came down from Jeremy Clark uh, tonight. Uh, I'm recording this on Tuesday night. This is a Wednesday pod. Stephon Brown, quarterback at TCU. He is under the transfer portal. Uh, Brown was a transfer from Independence, Kansas, um, Independence Community College. He was the number one JUCO quarterback in the nation coming in the 2020 class. He was there at TCU for one season, did not play in any games. So with the portal, you can always come back um, if, you know, there's interest in him coming back and the team wanting him back, then that's a possibility. Not a shocker here. I mean, again, Stefan didn't play. You know, there were some rumblings towards the beginning of the year that maybe they would uh, try to use some – some special packages to get him involved because he's a really good uh, runner, very good with his legs, great dual threat guy. But that never happened. I mean, we just never saw that happen. So I think that combined with the fact, you know, he didn't play uh, and Chandler Morris coming in, three freshman quarterbacks coming in, Stephon Brown probably saw the writing on the wall and said, ah, I need to get out of here. I need to move on somewhere else if I'm going to have a chance to play over the next few years. So he'll test the transfer portal waters. Um, Wish him the best. This is what happens, especially at that QB position. I mean, only one guy can play. Um, That's generally the case. So when somebody sort of gets stuck there in that depth chart, they're going to move on. So it looks like Stephon Brown 
is going to look for another opportunity in the transfer portal. Again, that was first reported by Jeremy Clark. TCU women's basketball, they hit the floor tonight against uh, Oklahoma State. It's a 6.30 tip-off. Um, TCU really needs this game. They were sitting at 0-3 in the Big 12 Conference. Um, they are falling behind quickly in the Big 12 standings and need an opportunity to win, need a chance to uh, get on the board and, you know, start stringing some games together. Unfortunately, it's uh, it's going to be tough against Oklahoma State. <laughs> They're 2-0 and in conference play. They've beaten West Virginia, who was ranked when they played them. They also took down Texas Tech and took them down handily. 75-48 to was the final score. Uh, Tech edged out TCU in a game in Lubbock. So, on paper, this is going to be a tough matchup for the Frogs. Um, Reagan Peebley missed Saturday's game <clears throat> against Baylor because uh, of COVID protocols. She was exposed and decided, to, and decided, you know, in abundance of caution, along with COVID protocols, she would sit out that game. So she was not on the bench. Not sure about her status for tonight. Hope she'll be able to coach again soon. Um, but they need to get a victory. And they could use this game to get get going, get in the right direction. Um, somebody's got to step, out, step up and help out Lauren Hurd. You know, she's really struggling to score right now, and I think it's because so much attention can be paid to her because there's really not many other options um, around the rest of the court. Michelle Berry stepped up at times. Yummy Morris has been good. Caroline Germain, I feel like at this point, we just sort of have to admit she she's more of a facilitator than anything else because she doesn't really seem to get involved in scoring very often, and uh, her role is going to be more as a true point guard. So she's got to find a way to get her teammates better looks. Also, um, their game against K-State, which is uh, January 14th, there's going to be a ways out, <clears throat> has been postponed, and that's due to COVID issues at Kansas State. Um, this is going to be really interesting. Kansas State has now postponed – Four Big 12 conference matchups. The Big 12 put a buffer week at the end of the regular season. It was between, you know, the conference tournament and the end of the regular season to give the men and women a chance to make these games up. But I'm not sure how they're going to make four conference games up. That's a lot of games to make up uh, in the span of one week. So not sure how the K-State ladies are going to do that. But uh, that game on January 14th has been postponed. So just something to note, that game's not going to happen. Um, and about, I guess we're still nine days away, and they've already called that one off. So TCU Oklahoma State tonight, I'll have a full recap of that on Thursday's pod. We'll also talk some more TCU football, and uh, we'll talk some TCU men's basketball as well. It's a fun time of year, and we'll, we'll get some baseball talk going soon as well. Um, still waiting to see you know, exactly what the schedule is going to look like for Big 12 teams in college baseball. We'll cover all that on a Thursday edition of Locked on Horn Frogs. Appreciate you listening today. This is Locked on Horn Frogs, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.